G'day everyone, I'm your host Stephen, and welcome to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. For those who are new, welcome. I'm an Australian guy who got hooked onto Chinese history when I was a kid, and during the COVID lockdown decided to start a podcast on it, and so far, I'm loving it. It'll be a podcast focusing primarily on Chinese history, but my plan is to expand into the history of neighbouring countries in the future too, namely Korea, Japan, Vietnam, and Mongolia. Do subscribe to my podcast to keep on top of my content, as I'll be churning episodes out weekly. If you aren't that much of a fan or just want to show me some support, then please subscribe anyway. Thanks. I've also got an Instagram too. My handle is at Bamboo History Podcast, where I post visual content for my episodes, teasers, as well as additional history content too small to fit into a podcast. And to my existing listeners, thanks again for your continuing support. It really means a lot to me. Okay, now let's get straight into it. Today, we will talk about the stories of two princes whose fathers were great leaders in Chinese history. Both have stories which have had lasting impact on Chinese history, and both were influential in some way. The only difference is that one of these princes was highly intelligent, whilst the other was cognitively challenged, and in my humble subjective opinion, based on the historical accounts, plain stupid. I'm going to start off with the story of the really intelligent prince. The intelligent prince's name was Cao Chong, spelt C-A-O-C-H-O-N-G, and he was born in China in the year 196, towards the end of the Han Dynasty, when China was in a state of political, social and economic turmoil. The end of the Han Dynasty is part of a broader narrative written down as part of the historical text, Records of the Three Kingdoms, or in Chinese, the Sanguozhi, spelt S-A-N-G-U-O-Z-H-I. The Sanguozhi recorded the history of the late Han Dynasty period, and the next period after that, the famous Three Kingdoms period, or better known in Chinese as the Sanguo period, spelt S-A-N-G-U-O. The Sanguozhi was used later as a base for writing one of the most famous Chinese novels, The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, or in Chinese, The Sanguoyanyi. The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, The Sanguoyanyi, has been adapted into many different TV shows and movies, as well as a video game called Total War Three Kingdoms. The Sanguo Three Kingdoms period is packed with events, fights, personalities, and stories that I'll cover in separate episodes in the future, as I do believe this period of history is so packed with content that it's best to feed to you in bits at a time. Cao Chung, The Smart Prince's Story is just one of the many in the famous Sanguo period. As I mentioned earlier, he was born in the year 196 and was the fifth son of the famous Cao Cao, spelt C-A-O-C-A-O. Many people who know a bit of Chinese history will know about this guy. Cao Cao was a famous warlord who began as a low-ranking commander in the Han Dynasty military, rose up the ranks, and eventually amassed a large army himself, 
essentially becoming a warlord. He is often vilified in historical and fictional accounts, most likely because he manipulated the Han Dynasty Emperor and used the Emperor's name to take control over large parts of northern China and reduced the Emperor into a puppet. I personally believe if we look past that, we'll realise that Cao Cao was an intelligent man, capable of pulling strings, networking with many different people, and leading armies, which made him one of the most powerful warlords during the Sanguo Three Kingdoms period. Anyway, Cao Cao's stories can be told another day, but clearly his intelligence passed on to his son, and by the time Cao Chung was born, Cao Cao was the de facto ruler of northern China, which meant that even though Cao Chung wasn't the son of an emperor, he was technically a prince for practical purposes. From a young age, Cao Chung was well known by everyone as a child prodigy, and was described in the Sanguozhi text as having the intelligence of an adult when he was only five years old. This is in direct contrast to myself, who is an adult with the intelligence and maturity of a five-year-old. There have been many stories that showed how smart Cao Chung was. For example, one time, there were stories about these beautiful chickens that were good at dancing, but only danced when they saw their own reflection. One of these chickens was gifted to Cao Cao, who tried to make it dance, but couldn't. Cao Chung, wanting to please his father, got out a mirror and placed it in front of the chicken, who saw itself in the mirror, and started to do the chicken dance. <laughs> Cao Cao was mighty impressed at his five-year-old son's idea and smarts, and also the chicken dance. Another time, Cao Cao's horse saddle had been chewed up by rats. The guards who failed to prevent this thought they were going to get punished big time and decided to tie themselves up and give themselves in to Cao Cao in the hopes of a lighter punishment. When Cao Chung found out, he told the guards to wait three days before giving themselves in. After he told them that, he got out a knife and made several bite-sized holes into his own clothes, and then began faking a depressed look on his face. When his father, Cao Cao, saw that he looked depressed, he asked him, Son, why do you look so sad? Cao Chung replied, Look, Dad, my clothes got chewed up by these rats. There's a saying that having rats chew up your clothes is bad luck, so that's why I'm really sad about it. Cao Cao laughed and said, <laughs> That's BS, son. They're all superstitions. Don't worry about it. Three days later, as instructed, the guards went to Cao Cao and explained what happened with his saddle. Cao Cao remarked, If the rats were able to reach my son's clothes, then I'm not surprised that they also got to my saddle. He then let the guards go and didn't pursue the matter further, and Cao Chung, using his wit, helped the guards get away with punishment. But the most famous story of all that showed Cao Chung's intelligence is known as Cao Chung Cheng Xiang, or in English, Cao Chung Weighs an Elephant. It's a famous story that I learned in Chinese school as a kid, and is a widely told tale in Chinese culture. The story goes that one day, another warlord named Sun Quan, spelled S-U-N-Q-U-A-N, sent Cao Cao an elephant as a gift. 
Elephants lived in the tropical regions in southern China at the time, and so for Cao Cao and his followers in northern China. This was the first time they'd ever seen an elephant, and when they saw the elephant, they were like, Wow, whoa, so big, what is this? Wow, what size, Cao Cao was amazed at how large the animal was, and wanted to know how much it weighed. So he asked his officials, ministers and attendants who were with him to see if they had any ideas on how to weigh the elephant. Remember, this is a time where we didn't have weigh bridges or really large scales or any sort of technology to weigh large objects like we do today. All of them tried their best to think of a way, but no one really had a good way to do it. One of them said, how about we put the elephant on a scale? As I said, that obviously wouldn't work because there were no scales back then even remotely as big as the elephant. Another person said, how about we cut the elephant into, how about we cut the elephant into pieces and weigh it? Cao Cao replied, you idiot. This elephant is such a rare thing to have. What a waste if we killed it just to weigh it. Cao Cao's team of followers were useless and Cao Cao himself thought, my followers are useless. Let me ask my son. He turned to Cao Chung, who was also there, and asked, Son, do you have any good ideas? Cao Chung, who was around five to six years old at the time, said, Yeah, Dad, I actually do. So, Cao Chung explained, First, we put the elephant onto a boat. Because the elephant is heavy, the boat would obviously sink a bit into the water. When that happens, make a mark on the side of the boat where the water meets the boat. Then get the elephant off the boat. When that happens, make a mark on the side of the boat where the boat meets the water. Then afterwards, get the elephant off the boat. Then, we start putting rocks onto the boat until the boat sinks to the same location as it did with the elephant, which we'll know because we marked it earlier. All we need to do after that is just to add the weight of all those objects we just put on the boat. When Cao Cao finished listening, he was like, Bravo! Let's do this then. And they successfully weighed the elephant. A five to six year old child was able to come up with such an ingenious way to measure the weight of an elephant when none of the adults could. Highlights how intelligent this little boy was. Cao Cao also knew this and had high hopes for his son in that one day, he could take over as the leader if he died. So, did Cao Chung ever become the leader and fulfill his potential? Well, his story ends tragically, I'm afraid. Cao Chung passed away at only 13 years old. The San Guozhi states that he died from a, quote, illness that occurred suddenly. And there have been many discussions as to how he actually died. Some said that his brothers were jealous of all the attention he was getting and poisoned him. Others said that there were ministers who hated Cao Cao and wanted to get back at him by killing off his favourite son. Regardless, such a talented person dying so young is a real shame and it really saddened his father, Cao Cao, who turned to his other sons, Cao Chung's brothers, and said, Cao Chung's death is unfortunate for me, but it is fortunate for all of you. 
Perhaps then, it may have been one of the brothers that killed him. Who knows? We'll probably never know. So yeah, that's it. That was the story of the smart prince, the intelligent Cao Chong. Now, let's move on to the story of the not-so-smart prince. His name was Sima Zhong, spelt S-I-M-A-Z-H-O-N-G. Sima Zhong was born in the year 259, 63 years after Cao Chong, the smart prince, was born. Sima Zhong's father was Sima Yan, spelt S-I-M-A-Y-A-N, who was the founding emperor of the Jin dynasty, spelt J-I-N. The Jin dynasty had successfully united China in the year 280, having conquered the three kingdoms that fought each other non-stop during the Sangguo Three Kingdoms period, and this was done under the leadership of Sima Yan. This showed that Sima Yan was a capable ruler, but it seemed that the good genes didn't pass on to his son, who seemed to have a developmental disability and was intellectually challenged. As Sima Zhong grew older, it seemed more and more obvious that he was unable to think logically, and in contrast to the smart prince Cao Chong, he was yeah, not so smart. One day, Sima Zhong and his attendants were walking in the palace garden when he heard a frog croaking. He turned around and asked his attendants, is the frog croaking for the government or croaking for the common people? Um, wait, what? What, what kind of question is that? It kind of reminds me of the movie Ted, where the kid in the movie asks Ted before they play hide and seek whether he needs to wash his hands first. Like, how does washing your hands got anything to do with playing hide and seek? <sighs> Leave me a comment or DM me if you know the answer to this. The most famous story of Sima Zhong, however, is the story of the meat porridge. The story goes that a famine had struck all of China, and that many people were starving with no food to eat. When a minister informed Sima Zhong that there were people starving, he was puzzled and replied, If they don't have any food to eat, then why don't they eat meat porridge? Uh, what? What? Yeah, I know, right? I'm shocked myself. I think he's definitely got a cognitive issue. I mean, if there's already no food to eat, how the heck does one find meat porridge? It's not Harry Potter, mate. You just can't conjure random foods out of nowhere with a magic spell. <sighs> anyway, either Sima Zhong is a dum-dum, or he is so disconnected from the outside world that just because he can eat meat porridge doesn't mean everyone else can. His story with the meat porridge is similar to the let them eat cake story where a French princess told the peasants to eat brioche buns because they had no food and no bread to eat. And by the way, it might not be Marie Antoinette, as many people say. Apparently, the real identity of the princess that said it is unknown. To all our listeners, you'd be even more surprised then to hear that whilst Cao Chung, the smart prince, ended up dying early, Sima Zhong, with his low intelligence, somehow ended up becoming the Emperor of China. That's right, Emperor of China. But how on earth did that happen? 
The emperor at the time, Sima Zhong's father, Sima Yan, already knew that his son was a bit slow, but there were several reasons why he named him as his successor. The main reason was that the rule of succession at the time was primogeniture, which meant that if the emperor died, then his eldest son would succeed. Sima Zhong was the eldest son, so in order to follow this succession rule, the emperor would need to install Sima Zhong as the successor to the throne. Sima Zhong was also the child of the emperor's most loved wife, the empress, Empress Yang. But Empress Yang died really early, and before she died, she told the emperor to install their son, Sima Zhong, as the crown prince, which the emperor felt then he needed to do to honour her wishes. Another reason was that Whilst Sima Zhong wasn't so bright, Sima Zhong's son, aka Sima Yan's grandson, Sima Yu, was actually quite bright. It was thought that the emperor Sima Yan wanted to give his son Sima Zhong the throne because he knew it would be eventually passed onto his grandson. Emperor Sima Yan's ministers and confidants, however, were wary about a developmentally disabled person taking over the throne. One example was that during a dinner banquet, a minister named Wei Guan, spelt W-E-I-G-U-A-N, all of a sudden dropped onto his knees and started crying at the emperor. When the emperor asked what was wrong and why he was crying, Wei Guan simply said, <laughs> It's a shame. It's really a shame. To try and prove his ministers wrong, the emperor decided to formally test his son. He organised a written test for his son, Sima Zhong, to do, to see if he was actually smart enough to become emperor. He personally didn't have high hopes because he knew his son wasn't really that bright, but if he could have some proof that his son actually did have some capabilities through the written test, then it could help justify his decision to make Sima Zhong a crown prince and successor. Sima Zhong's wife, however, knew that her husband would not have a clue at all and failed the test, so she arranged for a scholar to take the test on Sima Zhong's behalf. When the scholar finished doing the test, Sima Zhong's wife was at first really happy because the answers to the questions were all spot on and was easily an 11 out of 10 mark because a scholar had done it. But then she realised there was a problem. Say the emperor was given these answers, he would surely question it, because he knew his son wasn't that bright, so it'd be very fishy and sus that he'd be able to do such an amazing job at this test. So the wife turned to her attendant and said, Huh, you know what? We need to recreate the answers, so it's not that good like the scholars, but not that bad obviously, so my husband doesn't fail the test. So can you do it instead? She got the attendant to complete the test instead, who obviously didn't do a good of a job as the scholar did. When Empress Sima Yan got the test back, he had a read and commented, Hmm, these answers are all correct, even though it looks a bit rough on the edges. I think the result is average at best, but he's definitely passed. See everyone, my son's not that bad at all. By cheating on the exam, Sima Zhong convinced his father that he was acceptable as a crown prince. And it's funny because cheating wasn't even his idea, it was his wife's idea. So hence, he successfully ascended the throne in the year 290, 
after his father passed away and became known as the Emperor Hui of the Jin Dynasty. So yeah, that's it. That was the story of Sima Zhong, the not-so-smart prince who somehow found his way to the throne. I think life is just full of these ironies where someone as intelligent as Cao Chung might die early, you know, just like that, and not achieve his potential at all. Whereas someone developmentally disabled, and dare I say stupid, as Sima Zhong, ends up becoming one of the most powerful men on earth at the time. After he became emperor, however, Sima Zhong didn't really have the greatest time on the throne, which isn't surprising at all considering his intelligence. And his time on the throne coincides with some major events that shake China to the core. But that's a story for another time. So, to all our listeners, this brings an end to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. I really hope all of you liked this episode. Please support my podcast channel by subscribing to it for more awesome content like this. Please also check out my Instagram too, at Bamboo History Podcast, where I post teasers, visual content on my podcast episodes, as well as additional historical content too small to fit into a podcast. If you want to reach out to me for feedback, topic suggestions, or general comments, please DM me on Instagram or send me an email. Details are in the description box below. Alas, it's time to go now. Thanks everyone for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day or night, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.